0: Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined as always by my chili co-host Alexander Volz. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time, except for these EAE singles episodes, where we discuss a brand new album at a time. And today, what are we talking
1: about? We're talking about the latest album from the band <laughs> Scream, entitled DC Special.
0: Ooh, this this is a this album came out of fucking nowhere man scream 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 uh do you have any experience with scream
1: I do not, I know Dave Girl used to be in them, and sure I did. know uh, Skeeter from the band thought he had an STD and showed his dick to Dave Girl and it was just Lint.
0: It was just Lint, as you know, from the song, was it Skeeter by the Melvins on yeah. King Buzzo's solo EP, which we still haven't covered, we haven't covered the EPs, but that song is- Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> That I remember that song and that story- as a kid, hearing that EP, and not learning till years and years later that it, was, that it was it was real. It was not only was it real, but it was it was Skeeter uh, from from Scream. Scream is a DC hardcore band. Uh, DC hardcore is basically my favorite hardcore punk scene mm-hmm. out of all of them. Uh, there's there's many good arguments for many of the scenes, but DC was always my favorite. And Scream put out Discord Records' very first full length album, mm-hmm. still screaming in '83. I want to say, but I can't remember off the top of my head. '83, yeah. And '83 was already kind of the tail end of the first <clears throat> wave of DC hardcore. It's like when when Minor Threat broke up, uh, it's when Ian e. cited that year as like, the that's when Hardcore died. It's like, buddy, that's when Hardcore died in D.C., all right? Mm-hmm. There's still plenty of great albums that came out after that. But uh, they put out, still screaming, and then they put out like a handful of, uh, of albums afterward. Dave Grohl, of course, was a big fan of them and also from D.C. And he joined, and his first album with them was uh, 1988's No More Censorship. Which was uh, the only non-discord album that was put on R.E.S. Records, which is a reggae level, uh, label for some reason. Um, although Scream, there's a reggae song on this album, and they have mm-hmm. done reggae songs in the past as a thing they've dabbled with. I personally, I'm not a fan of that. Oh, you don't say but I do love Scream. I've always yeah. loved,
1: loved Scream quite a bit. Um, I think if you're into DC punk, you have to like reggae and you have to like go-go music. It's just
0: the rules. It. I don't agree that I should like it. I do not like it. Uh, but I do love the hardcore quite a bit. And so this album came out of fucking nowhere. Tom told me about it. Um, he interviewed the, the whole band for, uh, as it was it, New Noise Magazine. And I don't believe the piece is out yet, at least not at the time of this recording. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But so he interviewed them for that. And then he threw some notes away like, oh, this is what they had had some insight about this. You know, uh, here's a little backstory. And then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna try to get one for the pod. I'm gonna try to get. Uh, oh a, a, shit! Interview. So our boy Tom Osmond, who should all go follow. So he he got a an, an interview with Peter again for us. Mm-hmm. Um, he interviewed, he interviewed the rest of the band for New Noise, but he he managed to get a hold of, of Peter for us, which I'm very extremely grateful for. Mm-hmm.
1: Tom's um, our uh, Stanley Tucci. This elevates elevates our our podcast.
0: He just elevates <laughs> i'll put him above stanley tucci no i uh, no stanley
1: three for me let's not say things we'll regret
0: <laughs> uh well I, I mean you don't have any experience with scream this is your first scream album which is a weird one to start with it is but what do you think i'm just neutral
1: about it i'm i'm sure for fans of the band this is a a solid album um Didn't move me one way or another. I would still be very excited to go into their discography and then maybe come back to this one with uh, new ears after listening to, you know, listening to them in their prime.
0: I really, really like this album. Mm -hmm. I think this is a great, I can't believe how fucking good it is, honestly. Yeah. Uh, And even Tom said he's like, it's actually like pretty
1: good. I saw he posted it may be his album of the year.
0: It's it's weirdly good. And it's it's so the reason I, I'm going to be gushing about this way more. Obviously, you're pretty lukewarm, so I'm going to probably be doing way too much talking. Yeah, you are. Oh, shit. Because
1: you get this guy talking about punk music.
0: Ah, forget about it. And
1: especially DC. For, forget about
0: ah, it. Ah, forget about it. I want to talk more about DC hardcore, but it's just I'll go on too many tangents. I'm going to try to stick to this album. But yeah, there, you know, we'll get there yeah
1: and we I, ha, we have got there we've talked about you know minor threat
0: minor threat and then some other bands plenty that, of we, I mean, we've talked about discord but we have a whole playlist dedicated to discord on um on our youtube page you should go to that
1: one always, always a pleasure to buff out our, our our coverage of of discord records
0: yeah i'm starting to think i i think Minor Threat might be the only hardcore band from Discord that we've actually covered. Obviously, Fugazi. Yeah, Fugazi, and then Embrace, and Right to Spring, and sure I think they're all Discord, but none of them are hardcore. Also,
1: shout out to the criminally underrated uh, Fairket medication. Fair-cat,
0: hell yeah, medication. Yeah, yeah, totally. I forgot their Discord. I keep forgetting their Discord. I I
1: don't think I can because it's so it's so bizarre to me, and yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, but so this album, I like it for different reasons and in different ways. Mm-hmm. One, I think the songs generally are pretty fucking great. I think they're all really well written. I think they are it's a weirdly diverse album. I, I mean I'm, when I hear a, a like a reunion album from a punk band, I'm expecting just all right, pick up where they left off, throw something punky. It's going to be fine mm-hmm. at best, uh or decent at best and then really really shitty at worst. And then this is like they're dabbling with all kinds of shit. it's is, is not just a punk album. It feels like
1: um like Bruce Springsteen punk to me which I I like the boss so that is a a compliment. It,
0: interesting. What do you mean what do you mean by that? Like it
1: it does have like a blue collarness quality 100%. to it um uh, and there is I can, you know, I can sense there is, you know, a sense of I it's a cliche thing to say about an older band, but they do I'm assuming they sound more mature. Like I can, I can tell these guys have lived.
0: Yeah, because I've only heard the first two scream albums, and Pete's voice <laughs> is like he's a. I like, I like his. He has like a really distinct and characteristic voice now. I don't know how long he's sounded like this, but he's like not, he's like a legitimately good singer as well as having a really interesting character, like a, a, a really unique personality to the voice, and. I mean, certainly not one I can compare to any other punk band. Um, maybe, maybe I, there's I, comparisons, but I can't.
1: I, I can Well, it's not even like a one to one. But like, I can like, I can hear how him and like HR, you know, maybe maybe hung out a few times, maybe listen to the the same bands.
0: Well, if you were if we're saying we're doing DC Hawker, we did cover Bad Birds. Oh, that's. I don't right. think he sounds anything like HR, uh, but obviously influenced by HR. I mean, he like to his own yeah. admission or by his own admission. I'm mean, HR is literally one of my favorite singers of all time, so there, I can definitely see that. There, there is only one one that HR dude is the fuck. I mean, goddamn! Oh. Oh, he's one of my favorite singers in the world to to mimic. It's he, just so fun because he did whiteface. Because he did whiteface. <laughs> Check out that documentary on him if you want to see him in whiteface. It's real. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> so so it's super because those albums super diverse, way more than I was ever expecting, and then. Also, there is like this warmth in, I don't mean like in timbre, like, you know, tone quality. I mean, like, I feel like so much heart and love went into this. And then I'm, then I read about like the backstory and all this. Stuff. And it's the most heartwarming, sweet, like loving, uh, it's bringing everybody back. Let's have like, um, this is recorded at Donzi and Tara's inner studios. Um, in in D.C. where like all those early punk records were mm-hmm. were made and this was the last record to be made at that location before Don had to move it back to his basement so it was like okay we're going to have one more record at this studio where all of us have all this history we're going to uh, bring in he brought Ian McKay as well as Don Ziantara to produce it mm-hmm. and then they brought in a fucking ton of, of their friends and colleagues, and all these the guests on this album are fucking bananas, they're all over the place, yeah. And so, you get this uh diversity in song type, and then you get this diversity in, in performances because of all the different musicians, and then you get this uh diversity and just in feel, and you get like these. You get some punkers in there, but you also get some like really beautiful, sweet acoustic stuff that I don't think is cringy at all. Mm-hmm. I actually love it quite a lot. Uh, and then all of that is like just brought to this depressing point because uh, original drummer Kent Stacks died uh, just a couple months ago in, sub- in de- September. Not September. Uh, yeah, oh, September. fuck, it was September. No. What the fuck? That was like. That literally was a couple months ago. Holy shit. Um, yeah. And, and so he died a couple months ago of cancer. And the the original recording sessions for this album ended in September of 2021. And they, he got diagnosed sometime after that. But part of the reason this took so long to, the, to release, according to, to Tom, he says that um, because the interview studio was... Had to re had to relocate, so because of the relocating is that it, I guess this thing took so long. There's a few like bonus tracks on here, um and one of those had like had been recorded at the the new location. So there's all kinds of mishmashing and all that. Yeah, when Tom uh, interviewed Peter again. For this show, he he has it the whole audio on his Substack, so go check that. There's a link that to that in the description. It's like a full, basically, basically a podcast, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it's Tom interviewing Pete, uh, and there's a whole, there's more stories, there's more insight, and that should be. um But it's not out at the time we're recording, but by this, the time this releases, this it should be out. um So TomOsman.substack.com for that. Go check that out for the full thing. Should be very neat stuff. I'm very excited to hear that. Um, but we still have some tidbits here that he put in our notes. Yeah. So he had. Uh, so they had Ian McKay and Don produce this album because they also produced Still Screaming 40 years ago. And it was nice. Like a nice yeah. circle coming of age, coming of age, nice full circle thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Tom notes here, he says, both interviews had plenty of content I didn't put in the notes. For any Scream fans, if you can tolerate my wittering, you should definitely check them out. So go check out all the interviews on Nino's Magazine as well as his Substack. Uh, I guess we should jump into some of the, these songs. If if you don't mind, Alex,
1: that's what I'm here to do. Hell yeah! Because otherwise, would this be you waxing poetic about DC
0: artists? <laughs> <laughs> not that poetic. The way I just fucking I'll go on and on and on. Uh, I I was I was immediately delighted just by the opener, the uh, DC, DC special, shalala. Really? I, I mean, I was not expecting it to be that fucking hooky out the gate. Yeah. I mean, I love
1: it. I think it's great. It is very, very poppy, feel good, like a, you know, you you set it up as this like last hurrah for this studio, and uh, you you do get that on the opening
0: track. Yeah. Um, so some of the, the guests, I might as well just run through all the guests that are on this album. Uh, we got Moxas Narrows, Joe Lally of uh, Fugazi, Derek Decker, Bob Berkeret, sorry, Bob Burr. Berberick, Jesus Christ, Clint Walsh, uh, Dave Girl, of course, uh, Onam Emmet, John Getchius, Getchius, <laughs> boy, is that a fucking weird name? G e g o e t c h i u s, Jerry Busher, Amy Pickering of uh, Fire Party, Ian McKay, Amanda Mackay, Ian's younger sister, Brian Baker of all the stuff. That, well, M- minor threat, bad, bad Religion, Dag yeah, nasty. yeah. Uh, Randy Austin, Martha Hall, Michael Reedy. Nate Bergman and Bobby Madden. So, a lot of those are like friends, local local quote-unquote celebrities, people that they they admired growing up. Mm-hmm. Um we'll go into more detail when we get to like their performances, but they just brought all these people in the studio and apparently uh I think there was like it was very when I say warm, I mean like I think they were like hanging out and having barbecues after the recording sessions, just like yeah. the most nice environment to make an album.
1: They turned it into a vin diesel they were they were all about family all about it baby all about it um it is you know talking a little bit about that diversity We're talking about you know this the opening track is this very like warm like welcoming song and then like bored to life is a little a little harder it almost sounds like you know, because I'm new to it, like motorhead and like bad brains kind of like mixed in a blender and
0: yeah, Border Life is basically hardcore, but um fast and angry, not quite as not hardcore fast, but that the music for that was written by Dale Jennifer of Bad Brains. Oh, okay. The bass
1: okay. So I'm not crazy I'm not, not crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um so like I, I guess. Uh, Pete said that he sent out handcrafted books of lyric lyric ideas as a kind of mission statement of the album to get people interested in, in collaborating on the record. Um, Tom notes he he also sent them out of people like Kimaki and Donzi Antar who were going to be involved anyway. Uh, and then he also made the point that a lot of the songs intentionally have more than one idea or reference, and that he wanted to leave the meanings open so people could draw their own interpretations. That's yeah, very sweet. Uh, the Border Life, I think it's a wonderful follow-up. I think it's a, that's actually. Mm-hmm. The kind of pacing that I fucking love, where you open it up with something really big and, and moving and, 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 and themic and then Portalive comes in, fucking keeps up the, keeps up the momentum. It's very fast, very cool. Um,
1: I I was not expecting that. Uh, there's not like '80s production, but there is something about a lot of the songs that remind me of more like '80s bands. Um, like. Somebody Love is a little more darker. There's, it's a little more melodic. It, yeah, it reminds me of something like the Cult could have wrote.
0: So. <clears throat> oh shit,
1: interesting. And that's like not that's like rocking good time. It is, m-
0: yeah, yeah, totally. And that's a rocking good good time song. On uh, that one, we have that's Marxist Narrows of Makeup on bass and Derek Decker on drums. Uh, I dig that man. It's a good, it's got this really distinct catchy beat. Uh, drum beat really big and themic chorus uh, I think it's pretty rad
1: hell nah that brings you know that scratches that hardcore itch a little bit
0: yep it opens with some field recordings it's um, I wonder if you know I don't it's, know where they're, where they're from but it's like a lot of a lot of old samples and field recordings are in like intros and outros of these songs
1: it's so f- funny because there was an incident one time with a friend of the podcast Dylan Gabig where we were walking into a record store and this older woman was at a bus stop just going, hell no, hell no. And Delling just started screaming,
0: hell yeah. And she, it was Looking this screaming antagonist. back. Antagonist. For no reason. He just involved himself in, <laughs> in just a
1: problem. Back and forth scree- saying, hell no, hell yeah.
0: I'm glad he did that. Yeah.
1: But why did he do that? I don't know. I don't know. But her whole thing was, you know, trying to be positive. Hence the the hell nah.
0: Hell nah.
1: So the the like field recordings made me remind me of that woman.
0: What a beautiful memory.
1: Yeah, it is a. It's insane <laughs> and kind of pointless,
0: and it makes me chuckle. So, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I miss that guy. Uh, yeah, but it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty uh, straightforward but but solid punk bunker. Uh, crunchy and hooky and then tum tum is the reggae song and
1: they're, they're this openly reggae at they, that point
0: indeed and I've, i don't have to explain to people who've seen the show i don't like reggae i I've, i really don't like reggae at all so i obviously don't like the song
1: i like the organ in that song yeah there's an
0: organ.
1: yeah it's it's a neat little organ
0: yeah, and Dave Grohl plays percussion on that song. That's the only song that Dave Grohl is <laughs> on. And, Beautiful use. Yeah. Uh, Tom notes here um, during during the, the, his interview with Peter. He says, I embarrassed myself in the second interview by saying Tum was the first reggae song scream ever, re- ever released. Wrong. Indeed. I thought about cutting that out, out of the interview before posting it, but I just decided I should own it. Good w- man. Words and all. Indeed. Um, apparently for that one, Franz wrote the music and came up with the name Tum Tum. Uh, Skeeter had written some, some ideas about meeting a girl at a bus stop. And Peter then took those elements and created a story about chatting up a girl. So tum, tum really just means some kind of lovely talk or something. I wonder
1: if she was screaming hell, hell no.
0: Hell nah. Uh, (laughs) he also, Tom also notes that, uh, because Dave Grohl plays in this one, he thought it was a, a nod to the No More Censorship album because that was Dave Grohl's first album. And and because that one came out on RAS Records, which is a reggae yeah. label, and uh, it turns out it was just a coincidence.
1: Yeah, yeah. these guys are playing 4D chess on this album. Mm. Deep cuts.
0: By the way, uh, Tom also notes, he said that, that No More Censorship album isn't streaming, but um, Southern Lord put out a remixed, repackaged version on vinyl. Mm, so that's love, neat.
1: love Southern Lord. They're a good label. Let's uh, talking about all the good labels today. Man, yeah, yeah. Represent. Yeah. a little, little more metal. Indeed, um, I like the the like. Probably not a call and response thing, but you know.
0: Yeah, it's got a, it's got a big lot of gang vocals in that one. Yeah, for sure. He'll bring up some
1: tragedy like Standing Rock, and then you get get the gang vocals.
0: Yeah, uh, I dig that one. It, it's got like so. It starts out with this mean but fairly generic punk that I wasn't too too big on and then but, but it had like an interesting feel to it and then this that calm response chorus thing came mm-hmm. out I was like alright that's pretty interesting and then it goes to this break break around 145 and it I think it's pretty fucking cool after that um more gang vocals come in along with um on M MMM it rapping over it hmm I,
1: I would um, say this song like stood out the most to me.
0: It's a very memorable song. Like, yeah. And we even got Ian doing gang vocals uh, as well. Nice. But it's like a it way more interesting by the end of it than you'd imagine it would be by the beginning. Um, very cool song. As um, Tom says, as Piri describes it, the content of the song is political, but done in a humorous way. It has a calm response style, of course, which they associate with DC bands. Uh, the song is intent to have the vibe of the time before mobile phones when people would hang out, hang on the corner and shoot the breeze. Uh, yeah, Skeeter wrote the book of the song, uh, which the guys then worked out in rehearsals. Emmett also plays uh, lead guitar on the song as well as the rap at the end. Nice. Yeah, this this one I keep missing this every time I hear it, but apparently this is one of several tracks on the album where there's some audio recordings folded into the mix. At the end there's a layered recording. Peter made uh, out of 25 separate days of recording, people applauding the hospital staff at the end of the day during the COVID, during the lockdowns. So it's like a collage of all that sound. Yeah. And there's also little uh audio nuggets. Hidden at the end, uh, including like the sounds of the ocean and a girl sitting in front of her house playing violin. I've been listening, trying to hear that violin for several times now and I still haven't caught it. You used headphones? (laughs) No, maybe that. Yeah, never mind. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, there There it is. There you go. Uh, All just shitty speakers. Um, But I still do this song. Um, Love the guitar leads on Dead Cities. Very snarly, very fun. And that's uh, Clint Walsh of Tweaker on guitar.
1: There. I uh, appreciate the, the peppering of like some noise riffs throughout that song.
0: Yeah, it's like a, it's just, they're simple guitar leads, but they, they just give it, a sometimes all you need is a little simple guitar lead to just give it a little bit of personality and it just mm-hmm. turns it into something else. Uh, I think it's very succinct and, and works. Tom says that he thought the song might be about the impact of the pandemic, but Peter said uh, it started, it started about the experience of being on tour and seeing the changes in some cities and small towns where little mom and pop stores are closed and been replaced by gigantic chain stores. Uh, and then once the pandemic hit, um, he fed that experience into the lyrics, how during lockdown, the city was dead. People were living, their doorsteps being kept apart. So a little depressing, but also, uh, I mean, it is depressing. It's just, it's just yeah. depressing. It's just yeah. regular depressing. Um,
1: I was surprised the uh, last of the softs. That felt very like grunge inspired or like grunge driven. Mm -hmm. Like I could I could picture like a a band doing that on unplugged back in the day.
0: It's an acoustic ballad. It's full on acoustic ballad and i fucking love it i like i'm um, it's super serious and sincere mm-hmm. and nothing about it makes me cringe or wince like yeah. i i fully ex- anytime you, you give me the fucking keywords reunion album acoustic ballad sincere i fucking vomit in my mouth a little bit i already i'm already like okay it's going to be some like big stars reunion bullshit check out that episode big star uh where that reunion album was atrocious there was a lot of that acoustic mm-hmm. horrific stuff on there and I love this song. I think it's just, it's beautiful and sweet and it's very well done by the way. Like just up to this point, up to last of the soft, the album is already insanely diverse. I mean, it's yeah. fucking crazy. They're just hopping genres essentially. Um, after that we have vanishing commissars. Ah, vanishing commissars.
1: The, this
0: is when I kind of
1: like started losing me a little. Oh, bit. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I get it. So it's like high energy and it's very emotional. Um, I I noted that this is not going to scratch everyone's itch, but Mm -hmm. I find it moving. I think it's real nice. I like the vocals, the back of vocals by, by Amy Pickering on there. Um, I think it feels pretty good. Um, Franz apparently came up with the title and had lyrics for this one. Um, he explained to Peter that he wanted the song to relate to how they've been doing this so long, something like being old soldier, old soldiers, losing friends and marching on. Uh, and then Peter wanted to tell that story, but mixed in with that is an incident that happened to him in Russia where they had a quote unquote crazy night in, in the hospital with quote unquote blood everywhere uh, and you can hear the full story in the audio so go check out the full interview in the link uh, in the description because uh, I'm, I'm I, very dying to know what the fuck happened
1: I bet this band ha- like already between that and the Skeeter story like this band already has the best road stories
0: I don't even fascinating
1: man. I don't even know what happened but I'm just gonna say they have the best road stories already
0: already I mean ugh, they're fun dudes man uh, the, the flam is maybe my favorite song on the album, one of my favorite songs in the album.
1: I was very surprised more bands don't have songs called The Flam. Oh, yeah. Man, it's, a, it's a it's a drum, yeah, a, a dr- <laughs> drum thing.
0: Yeah. Oh. Uh it's hypnotic, it's repetitive. Uh, and we got unsurprisingly, Joe Lally on bass from Fugazi, and it's a very Fugazi bass line, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. And uh, also got Mark Tisneros on drums this time for the song. And it's a completely different feel from everything else there. It's like really groovy. It's really like, it, it. it's, so it's, it starts out as this groovy kind of hypnotic thing, like I said. And then I don't know where we get these fucking incredible backup choir thing happening, uh, which sounds fucking, it's completely nuts. It's completely out of left field. I, it's the most unpunk sounding thing. but It's gorgeous. <laughs> uh, I think it's a total fucking highlight. Um, Tom actually mentioned that uh, during his first interview that he said that it reminded him of Fugazi. And uh, according to Peter and Franz, they've been working on this together over a number of years and had several different versions of it. Then they brought in Joe Lally and Marxist Narrows and then, then the track evolved into what it is, which kind of explains the Fugazi stuff. But, love that song. <clears throat> and then the The original closer, or the the official closer, Mm -hmm. is Lifeline. And what do you think about Lifeline?
1: I didn't love it. Damn it! And then later on, I was like, I I didn't realize these other things were bonus tracks. Yeah. Right now.
0: Oh, until right now, shit.
1: Yeah, and I was like, oh, we got to do this again, but in. In the context of Bonish, this makes, okay, this makes more sense.
0: I like this song a lot. I like it as a closer. They have harmonicas that don't make me angry. That's Pete on harmonica, by the way. He can actually play harmonica, which you never guess, Mm -hmm. at least not judging by the first two albums or this one, I guess. But uh, I find it to be very satisfying. Big riffs, uh, prominent acoustic textures, really themic and majestic. Uh, It's basically, it's borderline dad rock, but I find it Looks really nice, Springsteen punk man. It is. It really is Springsteen punk. <laughs> uh, Bob uh, Berberich, who plays drums on, the, on that the song, um, apparently he was in a band called the Hangman in his '60s. Uh, the band was actually managed by by Stahl Senior. Apparently, uh, Bob is something of a legend in DC, according to according to the band. And Peter says that. He, uh, well, Tom says that Peter had some stories about being a kid and seeing Bob play. Uh, the band got Bob and his wife, Martha Hall, who sang in a, in a band Peter used to go see called The, uh, this, the, called the Deceits, uh, got them both to play on this track. And uh, so as you alluded to, there's bonus tracks and this song appears again in the mm-hmm. bonus tracks under um, Lifeline Redux or Redo, whatever. Redo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, I, li- I I like both versions i think i like this version more the original closer because it just has more textures in it it feels a little bit more emotional the the other version is a little bit more rocking
1: i yeah i would agree with that if i had to pick one the 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 normal one is the best one
0: yeah um according to according to the band the reason that is and it was apparently due to just sibling rivalry uh they, uh, both Peter and Franz uh, both preferred each different versions. Franz wanted the more rockin' version. uh, Peter wanted the one with acoustic elements. Uh, And they do they do feel different enough. Like mm-hmm. I, I was, I didn't feel like I was listening to just you know when you hear a remix of a different song and it's just basically the same fucking thing, but with yeah. one different guitar line or something. But I don't know, I l- I like it. But I think it's fucking nice. It feels good. It, it's. It's just moving to me. It's it's a sweet album. I enjoy the hell out of it. I think it's fucking (laughs) great. Uh, And the bonus tracks, uh, they're all they all offer something too. I don't love uh, the only uh, the only uh, the bonus tracks that I don't like very much is "Smile and Bleed," which, if I'm not mistaken, oh yeah, Amanda McKay sings um, some backup vocals on "Smile and Bleed," but
1: I uh, I felt like the strongest one in the bonus tracks was "Black and Blue." It's a uh, mean black and white. Or, sorry probably autocorrect yeah that one the one with colors um, yeah it's this nice breezy acoustic guitar with some synth and some nice pianos and strings and-
0: it's a genuinely acu- pretty acoustic about it like it's another acoustic bob but not like the other one it's the, it, the like it's, you said like it's the, different the, yeah yeah the the textures there are fucking way more dynamic i mean the strings sound really fucking nice uh I mean it's a little little cheesy and a little bit of dramatic, but I think it fucking works. I like it. Uh, faces is like the first of the bonus tracks. And that one, um so it's funny that that I I I noted like the, one of the first things I noted for that song was that it feels very sixties. Mm-hmm. And we got um fucking Bob Ber Berberick on vocals that time.
1: That makes sense then.
0: Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's got a like it even has that that super sixties tambourine thing. I mean it's mm-hmm. with a bubbly baseline. It's it's fucking cool. I think it's nice. Um politics is entertainment. It's, I don't know, it feels like it has a real nineties alt rock vibe to it.
1: Yeah, that's my least favorite in these bonus. Really tracks. It's a, it doesn't work for me.
0: I like it. I dig it. Uh yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a satisfying riff. It's not revolutionary by any means, but I fuck I think it's fun. Both both that song and Smile and Bleed were recorded at the um The newer location. The newer Yeah, the relocation. Speaking of that song, Tom mentioned to to Peter in the, in his interview, he said that uh his vocals are reminded of him of Chris Goss of Masters of Reality. Um that guy's so interesting. Like um
1: check out our cream episode. He got um Ginger Baker to play on a Masters of Reality. Oh
0: ball. right. Oh, I forgot about that. Ginger Baker. That episode was so fun just for the Ginger Baker stories. <laughs> There's so many Ginger Baker stories.
1: There's a whole documentary about him.
0: And it's incredible. <laughs> <Yeah>. Beware Mr. <laughs> Mr. Baker, I think, I think it's called. You must see that documentary. Yeah, it's so I,
1: good. I really do.
0: Uh but yet yeah, uh, Tom mentioned that he reminded him of, of Chris Goss. And apparently, Peter was uh, surprised about that association on this track, but said that in general, Chris was a big influence alongside HR, Bad Brains, and Dave uh, Vanian of the Damned, uh, which is a, uh, I would say, very, I mean, Dave Vanian and HR are both two of my favorite singers as well. So all time, all time greats, all time greats. Uh, the very last song we got in here is Isaiah. Want to be like Captain? I didn't know. I didn't realize this, and Tom didn't realize this until he was corrected. On like during his interview that, that's about uh, Captain Sensible of The Damned. Oh, shit. Uh, first the bass player then guitar player. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he says uh, that the song is something of a musical homage to The Damned. Um, Tom says I also didn't clock that the captain was Captain Sensible It made myself look like a right punk noob. Uh, and that was the last song um, out of all these to be completed. Peter only finished the vocal tracks this past summer. Oh, wow. Which I... Holy shit. I mean, that was just sitting there, I guess. There's some talk at the start of the, the start of the track from 40 years ago of the guys talking about being in a pit at a show. So I mean it, it, it feels like such a nice little season in there. Yeah. This whole album just gives me that like, oh man, it's so it's such a nice like a uh, little tribute to the the old days, mm-hmm. the the their history, the fucking early days of DC Hardcore, in a way that I it's a fucking good album too, which is like I'm just grateful that it's good mm-hmm. yeah. because because you, you could put all that sincerity and all the sentimentality in into a thing, and then the songs are just bland and boring, and like you feel bad because you want to like it because it it means something, and you like what it's supposed to mean. But it's just boring. This fucking rules. I think it fucking rules. There's also piano at the beginning of the track played by played by Franz, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, they've been touring with Jerry Busher um, after the passing of Kent. And uh, yeah, they, I missed them on this tour because I wasn't in town. But mm. it would be nice to see see old Scream. I dig it. I fucking dig it. Wouldn't it be funny if
1: they this toured as old old Scream?
0: Old Scream god yeah i I, i'm curious to hear what what other like dc hardcore fans and scream fans think of this because i thought it was delightful i completely surpassed my expectations by by so much i am not the person to be talking to about this (laughs) album. definitely not definitely not it's also thinking thinking about some of the songs here it's definitely not your bag anyway (laughs) yeah a a lot of ulti like hard rocking stuff. It just didn't I, I don't I f- know. I feel like
1: it has more in common with a band like Huskerdoo and the Husker Do <laughs> Husky Doo. And the replacements of um, Check out both those episodes. Yeah. More in common with those types of bands, and I can like get on board with it. Um I'm sure if you have an attachment to the band, it plays different. If you're new like me and you're new to Scream, maybe you know. Maybe educate yourself a little maybe, bit. Start somewhere else. Maybe, and then.
0: maybe. Because I hadn't heard them in years. I mean. Years, first man. First album this t- 20,
1: 20 years.
0: Yeah. Something like that. When was the... I should look at that. Their last album before this was... Yeah, 93. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 30 years. 30 years. 30 years, yeah. So I hadn't heard them in, in so long. And honestly, this doesn't even really... I mean, are the two albums that I heard? This sounds nothing like it. It sounds nothing like them. Yeah. The only thing that, that actually sounds the most like them is "Smile and Bleed," mm-hmm. except it's like slower, and uh, I just don't love the riffs as much. But that one actually feels the most like the early scream stuff that I that I can point to. Everything else kind of just feels like this, like they were They continue to grow and develop and write music um, throughout this entire thirty-year gap.
1: I do appreciate that more than a. Uh a band like Metallica trying to recapture their glory days and failing spectacularly.
0: You can't recapture what has passed. It is the past. The past is done. It. it is finished. It is gone now. Continue moving. <laughs> find something. Find more. And that's what I feel like this album is. It's not trying to be anything. It's just, mm-hmm. we're going to do this song because this is what we wrote this time. And this mm-hmm. is where we're going to do this song. It just feels so organic and genuine. And I just enjoy the hell out of it. I think it's a, it's a nice pick-me-up of an album. Uh, it was a nice surprise at the end of the year for me. Uh, but might as well wrap it now. So huge thanks to Tom. Huge thanks to Peter for for doing this extra interview for us. I am uh, eternally grateful because, I, I mean, it's, it's so nice. I'm so nice. It's so nice to have this <laughs> album. Uh, so go check out the full interview on Tom's Substack. You can find a link to that in the description. Please go follow him on there as well. He writes a bunch of cool stuff. He does a bunch of really interesting interviews, too. He's he's covered. He's spoken to the greats, the greats in our hearts, in our lives. He's spoken with a lot of the greats. So go check out his stuff, um, as well as his uh, his website for all his music, Tom Osmond Sounds.com. And then Tom Osmond Sounds on all social media. Uh, you can follow me on all social media at PanderMonkey and Alex on Instagram. Every album, Alex. Hell yes. Yes, yes, yes. And it, please, please be sure to check out not just my EP because I like it and it's good and you should listen to it. And there's a link to that in the description, but also our Patreon. Patreon.com slash every album ever. That's where you go. You get a bunch of bonus episodes. You get to see our schedules in advance. You get to join Discord and be a part of our very fun community as well. as suggest EA singles episodes like this one. Any of any them that, that have come out this year, suggest them there. We pick them out and we do a whole episode on it. Or we should say the next year. I yeah, at this point next year. All 2024 20, albums at this point. Um, and then in addition to that, you get to if you're if you're tier two, you can not only request a full ass discography for us to cover on our bigger, longer numbered episodes, but you can also suggest individual albums from any discography for us to cover on Patreon bonus episodes. So go there for that, please and thank you. And I think I think that's about it. Yeah uh well we might as well wrap it with a song of of my choosing mm-hmm. and i I'm, I'm i'm gonna go with the flam baby good good choice hell yeah so thank you so much for listening and watching see ya the flam.